Welcome to Lift Your Legacy. My name is Jacob Rupp, father, husband, and rabbi. And each week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you unlock your inner potential and create change that will impact the future. Thank you for listening, and let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, I am thrilled to have on today a very close friend of mine who I don't speak to enough, but uh, he's a he's a man that knows how to give a compliment. He's also a tremendous entrepreneur, speaker, leader, built like, he's not built, he's like running 10 businesses at, at any given time. Uh, his name is Adam Mendler. He has interviewed hundreds of leading thought leaders and business leaders and military leaders, et cetera, et cetera. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about leadership. We're going to talk about being an entrepreneur, humility, all the important stuff. So it gives me great pleasure to welcome aboard Adam Miller. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this podcast has been brought to you by me, Jacob Rupp, and Jacob Rupp's Consulting, uh, Technically Lift Your Legacy. Now, I have to be honest, I help clients often get out of their own way. And something that has really held me up was exactly the same thing, that I was in my own way for months, people have been saying, you know, talk about your coaching, talk about how you help people, share it, etc. And I had a really hard time putting it out there. Why? Because it's not that I don't think I do a great job. I've seen amazing results from my clients, you know, 10x, uh, more than that, businesses, fixed relationships, um, helped people lose a lot of weight, people go on the path of, of making goals and fulfilling their goals, all of these things. I know I do it. And I've been in the coaching space long enough to know that there's a lot of people that don't really deliver. And the ones that do really deliver are, are worth literally their, their weight in gold because so often we're held back by stuff. And it's just like, if only I could get over that, if only I could work through that. And I help people do that. But for me, my big holdup was sharing that I do this in a big way, in a public way, especially on the podcast, because it's awkward. I don't want people to think, oh, I'm just making the podcast to, to sell you stuff or to talk about stuff. So that, that's not what I'm doing. Um, my point is like this. My coaching business is expanding. I'm taking on a few more clients. If you are someone that is struggling in the area of self-esteem, goal setting, health, relationships, or your, or your business, really, um, reach out. I don't know if we're a good fit to work with each other. What I can guarantee you is that we'll get on the phone for half an hour. Uh, I'll hear the kind of challenges you're having. You'll get a good feel, if you don't know me yet, of the kind of work I do, kind of program I would recommend for you. And if it's a great fit, we'll move forward. And if not, not. But I wanted to appreciate very much from the bottom of my heart, the fact that you guys all listen. I appreciate the amazing guests that I have, and I'm really thrilled to have broken through in my own life to the point where I could actually devote a segment to really make a somewhat long-winded, but I think very important advertisement. So if you want to reach out to me, the email is rabbi, R-A-B-B-I, Rupp at gmail.com, and the website is liftyourlegacy.live, and at lift underscore your underscore legacy on Instagram, I think it's pretty simple. You, you know where to find me because you found the podcast. Thank you so much. Adam Mendler is the entrepreneur's entrepreneur. He's a speaker, corporate trainer. He was talking about how many businesses he owns and I, I stopped <laughs> counting around 10. So um, Adam, let's, let's, and also a good friend and a fitness enthusiast. 
but Adam, let's 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 get started here with with how did you find yourself building so many businesses and then making this transition to where you're helping other companies get better? That's a great question, and um, I've got to say, uh, first things first, it's an absolute honor to be here. Uh, not only is it an honor to spend time with you and to be a guest on your podcast, but it's an honor to be called a fitness enthusiast by possibly the most physically fit person I know. I was going to say the most physically fit rabbi I know, but uh, I mean, maybe the most physically fit person I know. Um, maybe you should start a compliment business. How does that sound? Before we got on the air, uh, I encouraged uh, you to do this podcast shirtless. And um, I think that would definitely spike whatever viewership you have. I don't know that it would do much in terms of your numbers on uh, audio and, and radio, but on video, absolutely. So um, that's my one piece of advice for the day. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Let, let's get back to business. <laughs> so, uh, so speaking of getting back to business, um, you know, I'm a very big believer that um, most people are bad at most things. Something that um, I talk about a lot. Um, I think that when you think about it, you know, you look around and, um, you know, we're all kind of good at a couple of things. Um, and, you know, there, there's sort of that one thing that we're exceptional at. We have that one thing that really makes us special, that makes us unique, that makes us different. And it takes time to really figure out what is it about you that makes you special? What is it about you that, that really you know, is your superpower. Um, at the same time, you know, it also takes some time to figure out you know, what is it that you're really truly passionate about. There are things in life that you may enjoy doing. There are things in life that you might, you might find fun. Um, you might have hobbies. You might have interests. But what really drives you? What really motivates you? Um, what is really meaningful to you um, that you want to be your life's mission? And, um, you know, my journey has taken a lot of different twists and turns, and um, I've been very fortunate to have gone through a number of experiences that have been um, incredible for me in a lot of different ways. And um, being an entrepreneur has given me the opportunity to build different businesses and explore different ideas and go on this journey and along the way, um, what I've really realized is um, what I love doing, what really drives me, what really motivates me um, is connecting with people, um, bringing out the best in people, building relationships with people, helping people become their best selves. Um, I love leadership. I'm passionate about leadership. And um, I love you know, not only uh, being able to um, share thought leadership around the subject of leadership um, and helping people become better leaders so that they can become their best selves, but um, also enabling people to really um, drive organizations to the next level because of the impact that it makes for every single person in the company. And as an entrepreneur, you really see the impact that a company has not only on the people who are employed within the organization, but all the stakeholders and all the customers. Um, so I, I know that's a bit of a long-winded answer, but um, you know, there's really no, um, it's not like you sort of wake up in the morning and say, 
um, you know, I want to start a chair business, and I, or I want to start a cigar business, or I want to start um, an interview series on leadership, or I want to start speaking to companies about how individuals within the organization can become their best selves. Um, it's really this path that that takes you there, and it's I'm a very big believer that in life you really need to keep your eyes and ears open and uh, be open to opportunities and just be willing to have that entrepreneurial attitude and mindset. And um, when things come your way, go after them. So um, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so without putting you and your listeners to sleep. No, not at all. That's fantastic. The, uh, the, I guess the first question would be in the path to getting to your current iteration and all of the different things that you're involved in, was there a, I don't want to ask for your biggest failure, but was there a, was there a time that, you know, experience taught you a very hard lesson? Um, was there a time that experience didn't teach me a very hard lesson? Uh, I feel like every day you're learning hard lesson after hard lesson. Um, so, um, you know, we can literally think about every day you can kind of go through and say, oh, man, I wish I would have done that differently. I wish I would have done this differently. Um, you always hear people who say, uh, I have no regrets in life. I've lived my life with zero regrets. Uh, those people are either lying or are intellectually dishonest because I have regrets every day. Uh, I regret that I didn't get a better night's sleep last night. Um, I fell asleep on my couch. I should have gone into my bed. Um, I would be a lot more energetic today. So, um, you know, one regret um, that I can point to and one big lesson learned from my early days as an entrepreneur um, is, you know, when we started the Velos Group, my brother and I were first-time entrepreneurs. Um, I left um, a job working for a very large bank. Uh, at the time, I had experiences working for two very big companies in the investment world. I had interned for two very big companies in the entertainment world, um, but I'd never been an entrepreneur before. And um, our first year, year and a half in business, we had all these different ideas and we pushed on all of them, uh, which was a huge mistake because we were running in all kinds of different directions instead of running forward. And um, as a result, we were... Um, we found ourselves on the verge of going out of business because we'd blown through all of our savings. Um, we were really nervous about where we were headed and we kind of realized that um, unless we took a step back and focused and just pushed on the businesses that were closest to monetization and um, you know, as exciting as it was to push on every idea that we had, um, unless we concentrated and just picked one or two, um, we weren't going to be in business for much longer and we would have to go back and get jobs. Um, so it was a hard lesson, but a valuable lesson. And as an entrepreneur, um, every day you need to remind yourself of the importance of focus and the importance of prioritization. Um, and that's a lesson that um, stays with me um, you know, as I continue this entrepreneurial journey. Was there anything that was just like stood out? I mean, I, I assume that after enough talks and after enough interviews, you start to see, you know, very, uh, very common repeating themes in leadership and just in general building a, a career, building a, a life that, that, that you want. What are some of the general principles that 
I guess maybe people wouldn't figure out, you know, I mean, is it, is it hard work? Is it, you know, visualization? What are, how do you build something that is uh, remarkable? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, one thing that you mentioned, which is a hundred percent accurate um, is, and that's been really interesting to me is I've interviewed over 250 different prominent leaders in all kinds of fields. Um, I've interviewed uh, Fortune 500 CEOs, Fortune 50 CEOs, founders of some of the best named, best known co- companies uh, in the country. Uh, I've interviewed former generals and admirals, Hall of Fame athletes, Olympic gold medal winning athletes, um, major social media influencers, big time TV stars. Um, and one thing that's been really interesting to me is how universally applicable the advice is. So, um, you know, I've had conversations with former generals who are talking about the principles that they've applied to train, whether it was um, members of the Marine Corps or members of the Army or members of the Navy um, under their lead. Um, And those same principles are equally applicable in running a small business. Um, They're equally applicable in becoming the best leader of your own life. And um, that's one thing that's been really interesting to me that you picked up on. Um, oh, go ahead. Now, I was going to, I was going to ask because that, that is such a fundamental topic. A lot of times we feel out of control of our life. And if we're working in a business, it's like the boss's situation. So perhaps speak a little bit about what it means to be a leader in your own life and how to essentially see yourself as an entrepreneurial venture. Sure. Um, well, I think the first thing you need to do is you need to understand that um, at a certain age, you no longer really have a boss. Now you may nominally have a boss. Um, your boss might be the person you report to in your company but you don't really have a boss in life. Now, when you're a kid, you do have a boss. Your boss may be called mom, your boss may be called dad, your boss may be your teacher. Um, But at a certain age, you sort of realize that there's no one who really tells you what to do with your life. Um, And you have the control and the power and the freedom Fortunately, in America, I can't speak for every single country across the globe, but we're very blessed to live in a country, you and I are, to live in a country where we have the freedom to choose how we spend our time, how we spend our lives. And to me, that's the first step in really taking ownership of your life and really becoming the leader of your life and controlling your own destiny, understanding that when you wake up in the morning you're deciding what to do. You're deciding whether you go to work, what job you're going to. Um, you know, I think most people forget that we spend the majority of our waking hours working. And if you're not passionate about what you do, um, are you living a fulfilling life? And um, you know, I can't say I think about the um, existential questions of life as much as you do as a rabbi, but um, I think we all need to think Um, more philosophically about how we're spending our lives, what matters to us. Um, You know, a question that that I always ask when I give talks is, 
what is your definition of success? What does success mean to you? Um, my definition of success can be very different than your definition of success. Um, and that's okay. That's perfectly fine. What's important is that you and I each have a definition of success, that it's meaningful to each of us, and that we live our lives centered around achieving our goals, and that we live meaningful and fulfilling lives, and that our definitions of success um, are meaningful. And um, these are things that I think about, and these are things that I try talking to people about, whether I'm talking to large audiences or whether I'm talking to small groups. One of the things that I love is when you're saying this idea of not having a boss, um, initially as a, as a religious person, you think to yourself, well, isn't, isn't God the boss? And what I would... I thought Tony Danz is the boss. Uh, besides him also, right, for sure. Um, and one of the, the boss? Is it Tony Danza? Was it Angela? <laughs> Who was the boss? No, I think it was Tony Danza, right? Okay, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, that was, it was an open question. Right. No, so it's, so it's a very interesting point that you're making because I think that a lot of people are able to essentially write off responsibility over their life by saying, you know, oh, God's the boss. I'm just going to do whatever he says. The reality is, and this is something that I am pushing very hard, and it's, it's a spiritual concept, but I think what you're saying, it's the exact same thing, is that a person has to spend an inordinate amount of time working on what works for them and learning about themselves because yes, there's a God and yes, you know, there's this concept that we, we have a certain obligation in the world, but it, it can't be a non-introspective process. It has to be um, something that you are choosing. And as soon as you are able to make the choice and you can start looking at the different things in your life and say, is this serving me? Is that serving me? I think that a person naturally feels a great deal more freedom which is, I think, why the entrepreneur concept in the space is such a popular space is we, we get excited about times when we can take ownership over things in our life. Yeah, I think that, look, I, I'm, I don't claim to be an expert um, on God. I don't claim to be an expert on religion. Uh, I did, as you probably know, I did go to um, religious schools for 12 years, uh, but that does not make me an expert. It should make you an expert. It really does not, as my parents well know. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, their tuition dollars were not um, as well spent as any of us would have liked. But uh, no, I don't. I don't claim to be a theological guru. Um, although I did get an A in Religion 140 in college. Thank you, Professor Rudisill. That's not nothing. No, uh, shout out to Professor Rudisill. Thank you for that. One of my favorite classes in college. But. Um, but no, I agree with you completely. I think that um, it's really important whether you're um, a religious person, whether you're a person who isn't of faith, um, not to look for other people or forces, um, whether it's you know saying, well, God controls my life, therefore, what do I need to do this for? Um, or whether it's uh, saying, you know what? I'm just a cog in the machine, you know, who cares? What does this matter anyway? You know, I'm just going to show up and punch a clock and do my nine to five. And you know what, at the end of the day, um, you know, output doesn't always equal input, but um, there usually is a pretty good correlation. When you are 
thinking about a new venture that you want to start and you know you've started a lot what are some of the first questions that you ask yourself in terms of is this going to be a success is this something that i want to do you know what's what at what point am i going to try to you know like what's my plan with it yeah great question um i ask a few really important questions um so among the questions that i ask are um you know is this a really good idea um, I try to spend a lot of time really thinking through the idea because all ideas sound great at first, but the more vetting you do and the more competitive analysis you do and the more research you do um, and the more you talk to potential customers, um, the more you realize that um, maybe it's not as incredible of an idea as you thought. So that's the first thing I try to do is really think through the idea itself. Um, the second thing is equally important, and that's I try to understand, uh, am I the right person? And by extension, is my team the right team to execute on the idea? Um, and nine times out of 10, the answer is no. I can't tell you the number of times that um, it's not necessarily my idea, it might be my business partner's idea or other ideas that people throw at me um, where they're really interesting ideas, but they're not the right ideas for me for a variety of reasons, um, ranging from the fact that I'm not the right person to pull it off um, to, you know, I'm not passionate enough about it um, to pull it off um, to, you know, you name it. So I think it's just really important to, uh, when you're thinking about the right business going forward, that you have a great idea, you do the right market research. Um, it's something that you're super passionate about that you believe, I don't want to say you can uniquely pull off, but that you think really, really aligns with your skills, your team skills. Um, and, and, you know, then from there, there's um, the question of what is the opportunity cost? So if I'm going to move forward on this idea, um, what does that mean for the other projects that I'm currently working on? Um, so, I mean, those are a few of the things that I try to think about uh, as new ideas sprout. So one of the things that popped up, and I think it's a perception, and I don't think it's reality, and I want you, if you could, and agree with me to confirm this, is that it sounds to me like being an entrepreneur is actually a team sport and requires a whole lot of humility. Um, I think life is a team sport that requires a lot of humility. Tell me more. <laughs> I don't think there's anything you can do in life that you can do by yourself. Um, and I don't think there's anything that you can do in life that doesn't require humility. Um, so absolutely, entrepreneurship is incredibly humbling. Um, but we could have this conversation about anything. Um, there's nothing I've done in my life by myself. I can't think of anything. Um, you know, I wrote an article, I forget if it was in Forbes or Inc, um, about the power of mentorship. And um, I'm a very, very strong believer in the incredible importance of mentorship. And that was actually kind of going back to one of your earlier questions about one of the common themes that um, the different leaders I've interviewed, whether they're CEOs of businesses or military leaders or 
Hall of Fame athletes or actors, they all talk about mentorship. Mentorship both in terms of being the beneficiaries of mentorship and of the importance of paying it forward by mentoring others. And, um, you know, that's just one example of, of how you can't do it by yourself. You can't do it alone. Um, I mean, I've never done anything by myself. Did even it take the most you I'm sorry to interrupt. Achievement. Oh, I was just going to say, even the most individualistic achievements, like if you look at things I've done in my life and you say, wow, he did this, Adam did this, what a great job that Adam was able to accomplish and achieve. Um, was it my achievement or was it a collective achievement? It was really a collective achievement. Anything and everything. Out of curiosity, how do you deal with that concept and then the offset of that concept, which is that a person feels very needy, feels very vulnerable, you know, opens themselves up to failure. I mean, all of these all of these ideas that you're suggesting imply that we are not the captain of our own ship, which again is a dichotomy in a lot of ways to saying, you know, that idea that you have to take leadership over your own life. So a lot of times we define leadership as I'm the boss. But then if you if you're honest, like like you said, I am nothing because without the right people at the right place, the right connection, the right mentorship, the right whatever you want to say, like this is not going to go. So how do you how do you balance or how do you find, you know, the 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 way to kind of rectify that dichotomy? I don't necessarily see the dichotomy. I, I think it's just really important to um, do two things. Number one is to be intellectually honest. And number two is to be comfortable in your own skin, be comfortable with who you are um, and not pretend like you have these skills and have this knowledge and wisdom and intelligence in areas that you don't necessarily have. Um, I was just a guest on a podcast uh, earlier in the week and the topic of the podcast was relationships. And um, I was asked a lot of questions about marriage and divorce. And I've never been married. I've never, because I've never been married, I've never been divorced. Um, and I said during the interview, I said, you know, I just want to be clear. I'm not an expert on marriage. I'm not an expert on divorce. I'm very happy to give my thoughts, give my opinions, provide, um, you know, my, my um, views on uh, topics where I am an expert, but um, I think it's really important to not pretend to know everything because that's where you really fall short as a leader. Um, and you know, I'm a I'm a very big uh, sports fan, which um, has led to a lot of sadness in my life because I'm a very big Angels fan, um, and. Very sadly, the Angels lost last night, four to two. Um, it was a tough game. We could talk about that if you want. You probably don't. Your listeners probably don't. Uh, but um, when you when you're uh, an athlete, when you follow sports, when you understand sports, you realize that again. Kind of going back to uh, the theme of of some of the things we've talked about, we're all good at different things. Um, you know, uh, the guy who hits cleanup in the lineup 
is probably a really good hitter. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's the best defensive player on the team. Um, other than Shohei Otani, doesn't necessarily mean that he's the best pitcher on the team. So it's really important to think of yourself as a contributor to a team. You could be the CEO, you could be the secretary, it doesn't matter. You have a set of skills, you have a set of strengths, um, and understand who you are and understand that you need other people who are also really, really strong to help you get to where you want to be. So what's, what's coming out from here is a really fascinating concept that it sounds essentially like you're saying that, you know, everybody is sort of the same and the rules kind of apply across the board. I'm curious in your interactions, both, you know, in terms of your speaking career and, and I know that you're on the board of the USC Entrepreneurs Group and, and all of the interview you've been doing. When you talk to people that are at the top of their game, are they like the same as the other people or is it like just a radically different kind of personal perspective? Because I think that what social media has done effectively is to create a tremendous barrier between our day-to-day life and, you know, the lifestyles of the rich and the famous, so to speak, that, that perception that, you know, the Instagram world that we, we assume yeah. that everyone else is living. Yeah. So um, when you say that we're all the same, I think that that's true in a sense. And I think that that's not true in a sense. So I don't want to say that we're all the same because we are all different. Um, we're, we're all extremely different. Um, I'm very, very different than anyone I know. You're very different than anyone I know. I don't know any rabbis who could bench press 300 pounds other than you. I don't know any rabbis that can make it through a CrossFit class other than you, let alone any rabbis who are the buffest guy in a CrossFit class. All right. Thank you very much. So we're all all unique and different and special. And um, I I don't want that to be confused with we're all the same because we're not. I don't believe that at all. I, I, I truly believe that we are each completely different. With that said, um, one of the things that I have observed um, in connecting with the kinds of people who you've described who would be considered the most successful and most prominent leaders in the country is, yeah, we, you know, everyone sort of puts on uh, – we put on our shirt the same way. We put on our pants the same way. We put on our shoes the same way uh, or our flip-flops, whatever, you know, um, this is a podcast. So, so yeah, I am wearing flip-flops, uh, which is one of the nice things of being an entrepreneur, especially an entrepreneur in Los Angeles. Um, but, um, you know, one of the things that's been really interesting to me is hearing the stories directly from a lot of these people and hearing where they started from. And um, very few of the people who I've interviewed were born on the mountaintop. Um, you know, I, I interviewed, uh, one of the great interview I did was with the founder of Edible Arrangements. And just hearing his story, um, you know, born into an immigrant family, really bootstrapped, um, incredible, really a rags to riches story. Um, and that was just one of many. Um, Many of the generals I've interviewed um, position themselves and as as just sort of like accidental leaders, um, and a lot of the CEOs I've, I spoke to, um, you know, their paths to the top were not 
preordained. And I think it's really important for everyone to understand that, um, you know, sure, there are a lot of external factors that play a role in our success. Luck plays a big role. Uh, I don't dismiss or discount that. But to a large degree, you control your own destiny. Um, you control how hard you work. You control the direction that you take. Um, you control a lot of things in your life. And the people who I spoke to who were able to achieve this great success were people who, um, in whatever way they were able to drive their lives and drive their careers, um, were able to not necessarily go from the top to the top, but to go from the same place that you and I started at, um, maybe even um, you know, a lower socioeconomic rung, um, and, and make it. So um, it definitely is something that um, we should all be encouraged by. Amazing. Adam Mendler, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Can you please tell the audience how they can find out more about you, some of the amazing interviews you've done, et cetera, et cetera? Absolutely. So um, very easy. You can find me online at www.adammendler.com. Just my name, .com. Uh, you can find me on social media at Adam Mendler. Um, so really easy. Just punch in Adam Mendler wherever you are on your phone, on your laptop, on your iPad, um, you know, wherever. I'm there. Amazing. Adam, thank you so much. There you have it, folks. Another inspiring episode. If you enjoyed this, I ask you to please share this with your friends and to like us over on Rabbi Rupp through Facebook or on YouTube. And the more that we're able to get these important messages out, the more that we can really make an impact in the world. So I encourage you, please, to stay tuned. Uh, we have a ton of amazing speakers coming up and also to tell your friends about it. Thank you very much.